What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. This is the hidden episode number 19 that I filmed with Dr. Justin Rabinowitz, a chiropractor based out of northern New Jersey. We sat down a couple weeks ago, um, late late night recording, uh, to talk about his new book, Beyond Fitness. It just dropped this week. It's available at www.beyondfitnessbook.com. That'll absolutely be in the show notes as well. Um, I talked to Justin about how he self-published this book, kind of his thought process as to why he wanted to make a book. Uh, or publish a book and just kind of what what the book is about how he feels it's going to help strength conditioning coaches rehab professionals doctors um, and kind of how it highlights his experience through the last uh, decade or so of work and practice that he's done um, at strive to move so i really hope you enjoy this episode Um, it's one of my favorites and without further ado dr justin rabinowitz What's up, everyone? I'm joined here on a little late night recording of the Three Things podcast um, with someone I met. Uh, when was Strength Action Philly? It was probably last fall. Had the pleasure of bumping into this guy, Justin Rabinowitz. He's um, uh, someone that I followed his work online for about the last year now. Um, his name came up in the strength faction circles and I've had the pleasure of kind of following what he's been doing from afar and, um, through the lovely social media have, have now, have now had the pleasure of talking to him a little bit. And then obviously here on the other side of the screen, he's joining me for an episode of the three things podcast. What's up doc. What's up, man. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great. This is uh, I've got a little bit of a cold, so hopefully I don't sound too nasally or breathe too hard into the mic. But um, I'm super pumped. You've got a lot of things going on, and yeah. um, I'm super pumped to just kind of share with everyone what's going on, and obviously learn for my own selfish reasons, like we were just talking about. Um, I hear you. Um, let me interrupt you for a second. You're sure. married, correct? I am. Can I just tell the podcasting audience, like when we met at Faction, would you remember what I came up to you after and said? <laughs> I think it was something about my wife sitting in the back of the room. Um, that woman is a saint. <laughs> She's literally sat in the back of a strength and conditioning seminar for two days, didn't say a word, like happy kids as could be. And I looked and I came up to you at the end. I'm like, is that your wife? Is she just sitting here with you for two days? I mean, it was incredible. I mean, so you seem to have picked a good one. And I, I met her for about 30 seconds and I know that already. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. She lets me shoot podcasts or record podcasts late at night, hits up Philadelphia to go to strength faction seminars. And uh, little does she know, I'm going to turn our house into a hostel for a couple seminars that are coming up in Vermont. But oh, there you go. Um, yeah, she's pretty great. I definitely picked a good one. Uh, um, Doc, why don't you start off by just saying a little bit about you, what you do, where you're located, why you do it, and then um, we'll jump into the three things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Justin Rabinowitz. I'm a chiropractor and a strength and conditioning coach. I have a private uh, practice in, in New Jersey, central, central New Jersey, and I've been doing it about five and a half years, almost six years now. And um, my company is called Strive to Move. Right now, it's, it's me, but we're looking to add physical therapy and uh, you know, I have, I have visions of growing, you know, a, a bigger organization that not only, you know, for our patients to experience what I believe like true health care should be, but also to create a company and a culture and do all, all that type of stuff that I, I want to, you know, build something from the, the ground up. So that's kind of my, my project now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have a very big project uh, coming up. Um, you've got a book coming out. I do. I, uh, 
through encouragement of a few different people, um, I have put together a book and, and it's going to be called uh, Beyond Fitness, Revealing the Secrets to an Active Pain-Free Life. Is that um, a copy of the book right there? That's a copy of it. Yeah, wow. we got the proof. That's legit, so this, man. Yeah, so this is the proof and we're uh, going through the final edits and uh, you know going through this process for the first time so it's uh it's been an interesting interesting process and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have come up that i found to be fascinating with it but uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty pumped for it so well, hopefully we can uh, we can uncover some of those some of those things that's actually the, the very first thing i've got here of the three things um you self-published this book we are self-publishing it so i have an intern that helps me so i have to give him credit he's helping me with the cover and, and, you know, but we're self-publishing, self-publishing it. Yeah. So what is that? Like, obviously you've like a publishing company, just like an editor, like what is, what is self-publishing? What is it? You know, like I, I honestly, like you said that and I was like, Oh, he's self-publishing. I mean, he's, he's just a badass and he's just going to get, <laughs> what does that look like? I mean, as I have understood to this point, um, there's a company, it's called Create Space. I guess we're giving them a plug for everyone that's listening, <laughs> but basically Amazon bought them and, from what I understand, because like I said, I've done a lot of obviously the work of writing the book, but um, you basically write your, your document in a, in a Word document and, and obviously you edit it and put it together and then you just upload it onto this site. You upload your cover and then, you know, once you press a few buttons, you end up with, with the book. Wow. Um, so it, it obviously, it, that part of it is actually the easiest part. You know, the harder part is is more the editing and obviously putting together the content and trying to make something uh, decent and, and, and all that. So now had you, have you thought about doing a book for a while and, and it just kind of came to fruition because you had the ideas down on paper or what was kind of the process like when you made a decision to actually sit down and write a book? I, I think that it came from a few reasons and, and this will be good for your audience. A lot of my friends that I, that are very successful in fitness and in their own gyms, they all have had books, different audiences and, and they found it to be, that was always like, write the book, write the book, write the book you know, and, and I've been very good in my practice over the last two years of, you know, twice a week, I email all of my, my patient list and I write, and I've been writing blogs. And, and a lot of the book is, is a lot of that content put together in, um, in a, in a setting and in a format that is easily digestible. It's not too long, but it, the, the, you know, it's interesting as I was thinking about the book, it's made for prospective patients. It's talking to them specifically, but as I thought about it, it might even be more useful for people in the strength coach and personal training world, because, you know, my, my life is about, is about fitness and active adults, and you cannot have one without the other. And a lot of the things I talk about in there with our medical system, and, you know, for example, one of the articles is one section is myths your doctors told you. And one of them is, you know, don't squat, because we I've heard that, you know, my patient, oh, my doctor told me not to squat. And so, I think a lot of it from, from bringing it back full circle for, for people in the strength coaching community, the book would be able to give you guys a little more, my thought process, but a little almost more ammo because if I'm hearing it, you guys are hearing it, yep. you know, don't lift anything over 35 pounds. I've gotten that one too. Um, yep. So there's a, that's, that's a, that's a whole myth in there. Walking is the best form of exercise, you know? So you guys in fitness almost deal with it more than I do. Like how many clients come in with, these notions that a doctor or somebody's told them, Oh, all you need to do is walk. And I explain my rationale, why that's not a good idea. Um, and why you need to do strength training and, and, you know, different things like that. So it's funny. Cause as I thought about it, I was like, this is probably more useful for a strength coach, but it's also useful for a patient as well. 
Yeah, I've always found as a strength coach and someone who refers up and I guess down the referral chain, um, any sure. content you can get from someone who you would be referring to is going to help better qualify the referral, if that makes sense, um, to make sure it is going to be someone who can actually be helped by whoever you're referring to. And obviously it helps just kind of get someone's perspective as to how they treat or how they train and how they prescribe care to an individual. Um, I think it's, it's one very bold that, uh, you know, and I give a lot of credit to you to, to put kind of your systems out there and, and say, Hey, this is what I think. This is what I believe in how I treat and train and what I've been doing. And, and it's, I think it's good enough that everyone else should know. I think that's, you know, this is an unedited podcast, so uh, it takes some, you know, some big balls to be able to do that. I, I think that's awesome on your end. Um, when's the book going to be out? We're hoping that it's out in within a few weeks. It's basically when I, when I get the, the edits finished and it's one of those projects that we all know it's like at some point good enough is good enough because you'll always find ways to correct it. And it's funny because our, in our world now, everything's digital. So I'm usually very easy to just let's put stuff out there and correct it on the run. But <laughs> this is a physical a physical, physical product that like, you know, once you put it out there, I mean, I think I can edit it, but if I go and, you know, make 150 copies and there's an egregious error or there was something I wanted to do, it's, that's it. So, you know, there's a little kind of more, more uh, tact than I normally use, to be honest with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. And for anyone who's listening, that information will absolutely be put in the show notes um, on my website, linked to this article. And, and obviously, um, I'm going to make sure there's a little bit of an edit in there um, on the back end or in the introduction as to where you can find this lovely book. Um, Doc, I do want to pick your brain a little bit. You touched on um, something you're doing with your business, Strive to Move, about expanding. And um, I heard you talking to Todd Bumgarner about this on the Strength Action podcast. Um, you had a great podcast at the start of the year, just uh, early January, where you were talking about some of the things you were doing with your business. Um, and I actually was sitting on an airplane flying to Florida and was listening to that podcast, taking a ton of notes because um, it was super helpful. Um, and one thing that I, I kept kind of coming back to in my brain was, you know, obviously I don't. I don't own a business. I manage a business. Um, and I do coach Casey Lee, but that's not a brick and mortar, um, like strive to move would be, but what is the scariest thing about expanding your business? Like going from just you to saying, you know, or wanting to have more people and developing that culture, like what's that been like? And what are just some things that, you know, you keep running through your brain as you, you go through this expansion process. I, I think, initially the, the scariest thing for me is, is disappointing the people that you're going to hire. Um, whether it's, you know, you bring someone on and there's not enough for my, my enough patience for them to treat, or, you know, the experience is not what I, I had sold them on the front end. Cause that's important to me. Like I, you know, it, it's almost like recruiting. You have to, you have to sell it on the front end of what your vision is, but it's a vision and a vision hasn't come true yet. And so, you know, a lot of what you're doing is, is selling them on something that you hope it to become, but it's, it's a little bit in your imagination because it hasn't become that yet. Yeah. Um, what do you look for? Like, and I mean, I know think this is something that I've always kind of taken pride in myself when I expand and add new team members. What are you looking specifically? Like when you hire, are you saying I want a complimentary service or I want someone who I know can treat um, patients that I can't treat or like, what is yeah. something you look for as far as expanding your, your practice? I mean, I would take it a little bit even more on a, on a higher level than that versus like a tactful level. Um, the number one thing, the best hiring advice I ever got were two, the two 
pieces of hiring advice um, that I've got the best two pieces of advice. Number one, above all else, the person has to buy into you more than, more than anything that you're doing, more than what your, your practice is, what your business is, more than the logo. They need to buy into you. And they might not always agree with you, but if they buy into you and what you're doing, even if they don't agree, they're always going to agree with what the vision is of the company. So that was, that's been the first thing, the most important thing. Cause I think we've all been around people that um, if you don't buy into the person in charge, no matter what they say, you're not going to be into it. But if you buy in, even if you disagree, it's okay. So that's, that's the biggest thing. You have to find someone that buys into what you're into your vision. basically. Um, and then the, Second piece of that is you need to um, you need to find people that are willing to change with you. If if you're running a business um, and you're growing yourself, if you find people that are kind of stuck and don't like change, you're not going to go. They're going to have to get off the bus because it's always going to grow and change. I mean, think about us as as think about just from a tactical standpoint and and training standpoint, your training methodologies. I'm sure are much different even than two, three years ago. And if, if you have a guy on staff, it's like, well, we don't do this. What do you mean? We used to teach us like this. Yes. Well, I, I took seven courses and, and learned from three or four different people since then. So it's now we didn't do it better. We're going to do it different. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, anyone who's listening, it's been a while since I've had to do this, but go back about 30, 45 seconds and re-listen to those last two points because those were uh, some awesome advice and um, absolutely things that I, I absolutely agree with you there, Doc. Um, and I really like that um, the first part there, people got to buy into you, especially, I mean, whether you're the, the manager hiring or you're the owner or the founder, like that's such a great overlooked point that um, you know, I've never even really thought of it like that whenever and I think back of the people that I've hired and, and that's really, I guess, where it does start and people have to buy into you and what your, you know, your beliefs are and just kind of you as an individual. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that, I don't know, I, on Todd's podcast, I literally usually start every podcast with a football reference because I love football. But, but if you think about one of the problems, like in, in football, in college especially, is these kids go to play for these coaches and they're buying into the coach. And you can say all you want, go to the school, and then you go to the school you want to go to, but you're buying into a person. And then the coach leaves and it's like, well, what the hell is this? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's impossible situation. So if you take that example and bring it to any business, it's the same thing. Like, yes, we want it to be about the brand and the logo, but um, it's not. It's about the people. Yeah, yeah. How much business advice do you put in your book? Um, how much business advice? Hopefully that's in a couple of years. <laughs> say, but here's the, here's the thing though. Like I, I think a lot of it is business though because like myths your doctor told you, what is that? Those are people that in, in the fitness world, they're going to come in and say, I don't know why I'm here. My doc, are you sure I can lift more than 30 pounds? Like, how do we have that conversation? That, that's business, right? Because if, if you want to talk business dollars and cents, like if they don't believe they can lift over 35 pounds, they're not going to come back to you if you're prescribing a deadlift of 135. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's business. That's retention. How do you have that conversation rather than just saying, oh, your doctor's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a little bit better way to say it. So it is, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I know you said that that book is speaking to the prospective client, but, or, or, you know, patient, but man, I, I, I'm pumped to get my hands on a copy of that book for sure. And I think that that's going to be something, someone who works in a commercial health club, um, you know, and we see a lot of people who think that things can be a little bit scarier than they probably should be. Um, that's going to help, like you're saying, facilitate a lot of conversations that will help a lot of people, which is, is, that's why we do it. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Right. And then again, like I said, if I'm getting the questions, it doesn't matter if I'm in New Jersey or in Vermont, like the internet is the internet. Most of this stuff comes off the internet or a random doc or whatever. And then we've got to make sure that we can have those conversations because at the same time, it's hard to tell someone they're wrong politely. Right. And, and let's be honest, like if I'm in the same boat, orthopedic surgeon on the, on the food chain is higher up than I am. And he's higher than a, a trainer is on the, on the food chain, whether we like it or not. So how as, has me as just a chiropractor or you as just a strength coach, and I'm putting that in quotes, um, have the conversation to basically say, with all due respect, that's not correct. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so I do want to kind of switch gears. I got two more things. So this, I should change my podcast because I'm guilty of going past the three things. It's typically like four or five. But um, like, so I don't really know how to say this and I don't mean to sound like crazy disrespectful, but like what's the most misunderstood thing about being a chiropractor? Like you've been in the, in the industry for, for years now. And for whatever reason, whenever I talk to people, like people get confused, like what a chiropractor is, isn't versus a physical therapist versus an LMT versus an acupuncturist. And it's like, you know, like to me, I, probably think that I'm educated and understand like when I make a specific referral, but tell me a little bit about what, what it is that you do and and just what your treatment style is in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say, first of all, I don't know. It's not disrespectful at all. I've had, I've had people say way worse things to me than that. (laughs) Um, But I, I think, I think the best thing, um, and I know you had John Russell on before I listened to that, but I think he would agree with the statement that, if you went into an office and they were doing the right work, you wouldn't know the difference between a chiropractor and a physical therapist. Um, and so that starting it there is the, I think is the best place to start in my opinion. Now the education, you know, on the basic level might be a little bit different and there's different um, you know, a little bit different philosophy and, and some details and nuances, but in, in my belief of, of a movement based approach where you're getting people back to doing the things they love, um, whether that's just being a grandma or whether that's with lifting weights, it, it, there shouldn't be much of a difference. You know, like we've, we've fought and there's been turf wars in both professions for so long. It used to be that chiropractors just did the manipulations and adjustments and the PTs just did exercise. Well, what's happened is now the P, there's a lot of PTs that have learned manipulation and, and there's a lot of chiropractors that have learned how to do exercise like myself. And we've kind of met in the middle somewhere. I mean, a lot of us have, again, there's people on both fringes, but a lot of us have kind of met in the middle where, you know, pick out a PT that I look up to that, um, that I think does good work. We're going to do a lot of the same thing. Um, you know, I've been to Charlie Weingroff seminar who's a very well-known PT and, you know, he talks about manipulation all the time. Yeah. Um, and I've been to like the FRC, which I think you're going to soon. That's a movement and mobility, uh, you know, different men, men. I was the first one to take that at Ramphone training systems. Um, and that's a chiropractor. And so I think that in my opinion, a good Cairo and a good PT will hopefully be doing a lot of the, of the same things, even if they may have come initially come at it from a different approach. Um, so that's, that's how I see it. And in my, and in my practice, as I, as I grow it, as even though I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in my head, a lot of it is like, you shouldn't know if they're a Cairo or a PT other than some legality, you know, on the paperwork, because we're probably going to be doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that people, you know, are doing the right thing. You shouldn't know the difference between the two. That's, that's another gem right there. People, you should go back and write that one down. That's a great line. Um, 
and I mean, yeah, like I, I obviously have been a facility with physical therapists, with athletic trainers and strength coaches. And when you're on the training floor outside of maybe the PTs dressing differently, you probably don't know who's what, you know, PTs probably have khakis on and everyone else is wearing sweatpants or shorts, but yeah. um, we're all doing a lot of the same stuff as far as just exercises and teaching movement the right way. Um, you know, you can't really tell. So that's a great way to say it. I mean, I would go as far to say adding strength coaches and, and good trainers in that. Um, I honestly think the only difference between a strength coach and a, and a good Cairo and PT is that we're a little bit better and I'm more qualified to deal with people in pain. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we should be teaching the same, we're teaching the same things, but we just kind of have a little bit more, you know, knowledge and, 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 and base of, oh, is, can we do this? Should we do this? Um, but we still got to get everyone doing the same stuff. Yeah. You know, we might be a little yep. bit more, and it's not even, it's not even a competence thing. That's the part that people don't get. Like you guys that are good strength coaches are more competent than a lot of PTs and Kairos. A lot of it is just a little more comfort and, and truthfully legality that we see someone that has back pain when they squat and we're able to kind of, you know, see through the weeds and deal with that a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you know, the difference between the, the, the medical side of it and, and the strength coaches is not that great either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't have much to say. It's like one of the first times I like listen to someone. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I actually, I'm right there with you, man. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, right. You know, but it is always humbling. I know there's a lot of strength coaches and students that listen to this podcast. And um, you know, that's always a question that I get, you know, time and time again is from strength coaches. Is, Should I go back to school and go to chiropractor school? Should I go to LMT? Should I go be, you know, DPT school? And it's like, man, if you surround yourself with people and you're in the right environment, I don't think it really matters what you're doing as long as you know your specific role in helping other people get better. Because that's whether it's fit straight fitness, whether it's like you're saying someone in pain, helping them get out of pain, and then they're coming to you to just kind of refine movement at that point. Like it's all part of a bigger picture of just helping drive health and helping people live a better life, you know, regardless of where you sit on the food chain. And I, and I think I don't, I usually give a lot of the shame, same spiels that you may have heard some of this before, but you know, I think that, I think that strength coaches and good and good trainers, they kind of have a, like a little inferiority complex to like people in the medical community. And, and that's why our country is so fucked up. If you think about it, that's the reason why. Because if you really think the way it should work is, you know, you guys at your, at your facility, at, at all these facilities, you guys are primary care. If you think about the definition of the word primary care, that's something you're supposed to do that first before something goes wrong. Yeah. So like, what is that? That's fitness and nutrition. That's good movement. So we don't have disc, disc injuries or hip replacements. And that's not being 600 pounds overweight, which is a nutrition thing. Yeah. So who should be the primary care doctors, quote unquote? it should be you guys first before they see any, like I shouldn't have a job if more people went to you guys. That's wild. That's wild. And I think you're right. You know, especially when I think of how many people I've seen in just an initial consultation at a health club and you see something that is wildly not correct or something that is producing a significant pain response and you make that first referral, you know, like what would have happened if that person didn't, didn't see someone or, you know, didn't actually like take any like of the buy-in that, that we were offering, you know, and just how I think, again, you're spot on as far as like just starting the, the, the referral process or helping people out. It starts at the ground level and that's, that's trainers, that's strength coaches on, on the floor. 
I mean, but even if they didn't have pain, like think about if you want to get granular into it, if I mean, I don't mean to go off on too much of a tangent. But no, I like it. Keep going. <laughs> there are two, two big examples of things that, that should never, um, that should never get to my office is, is, you know, a, uh, a 15 year old athlete comes to a strength and conditioning facility. They put him through an assessment and he's got anterior hip pain on, on hip flexion. That person in by, you know, hip replacements don't happen. No one gets hit with a bat and needs a hip replacement. It's 40, 50, 60 years of bad wear and tear. So if that anterior hip was just, was, was properly trained, like taught them how to hip hinge, taught them how to, you know, lengthen hamstring, taught them how the proper movement to move that, you know, that femur, the femoral head in the back of the socket, you literally could have saved someone a hip replacement. And so like that, that's a, that's real, like that's real. And, and then the same thing with the back. I mean, think about teaching someone how to, you know, neutralize their spine and hinge their hips. Without that, you know, someone that herniates a disc at 36, what's that? That probably means every time they went to, you know, pick something up for the last 25 years that they've kind of bent their back in half. And, and, and then they end up in my office or worse with surgery, um, you know, where I actually ended up for, um, for those that didn't know. But, but where can that be affected? That can be affected by just teaching them to move at 12. So if you go back to that, if you go take it to that level, I mean, that's how, that's how serious it can be. I like you, doc. These are, this is good stuff. Keep going on tangents. I'm a big fan. There you go. Well, I, I mean, I just think that I, I, I always say if, if, if a, if a orthopedic surgeon, a chiropractor and a strength coach walked into a bar, the hierarchy would go orthopedic surgeon, blah, 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 you know, chiropractor, strength coach. That's the, the reality. And, and it shouldn't be that way. Like our world is, that's, again, we're so reactive in what we do that that's, that's, and I just feel like if, if you have strength coaches, you know, listening to this, it's like, man, like, don't forget the good work that you're doing. Like, you know, don't forget that 12 year old, you, you might prevent him from needing back surgery at 40. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and even with, when you think of like hierarchy and like, like I, you, you touched on this, it's like that, I guess, you know, in, in our industry or strength coaches in particular, like that is part of the problem where we discredit a lot of what we do. And, and like you're saying, we, we definitely don't need to, you know, in, this, in that room with a surgeon, a, a chiro PT, I mean, we all coexist to help people in the same thing. It's just a matter sure. of what, what stage they're at, you know, like you're saying, makes us, makes that person or that profession more qualified to help or, or whatever legally. Legally, I don't yeah. have a scalpel and I can't cut someone open. Neither do I. Uh, nor do I want to. But yeah. um, I do want to touch here on the last thing. And it's something that's actually how I ended up following you like a year ago on Instagram. And it's the yep. whiteboard whims. Yep. Yep. yep I yep. love those. How have you come up with 957 whiteboard whims? <laughs> like what do you like write these out when you think of them? Like what? Like if you guys are listening to this, go to at Justin Rabinowitz. Um, look his name up in the title of this and go to his Instagram page. Give him the three things bump. He's at 1200 followers. Let's get him to like, you know, to 10,000 real easy. Um, very, very you'll see very like all of these strive to move whiteboard whims and they're awesome. Like I, I love these. Yeah. How do you come up with them? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. And let's, let's try to get to 10,000 because it's in, in, in 2018, having 1200 followers will get me kicked out of the lunchroom in high school. So, um, <laughs> need to do something about that. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it, I, I give credit to two people who kind of started me on that journey. Um, one of them is, is my friend. Um, his name's Tim Szymanski. I went to chiropractic school with him, but he's AKA on Instagram, the wad doc. 
W-O-D-D-O-C, and he's got a, a lot of followers. But for the last, I think, I don't know, 2,000 uh, something days in a row, he's put a video. He almost kind of followed Kelly Surrett's model. That's who inspired him. Um, and I remember asking him one day when he was like 400 videos in, um, I said, how do you like do this every day? Like, how do you do it? He's like, he's like, you just do. He's like, you get into a habit of just doing something every day and it just becomes part of your existence. It's like eating, it's like breathing. Um, and then the other one, the influence that I've had is, is Seth Godin, the you know world's greatest marketer by many people. And he always says he writes a blog every single day, every day, every day. And I'm on, on the feed, I get the email, but you know, he said, you need to do something every day. He, he said, right every day. Now for me, I looked at what he does every day. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm that smart or have that much time to write like that. Um, so what can I do? And if you go back, you really want to get creepy and go back to the beginning of the whiteboard whims. I started doing clinical stuff. I started writing different like clinical posts and, uh, and, and, uh, and like, I think I remember one of them was like, if you're going to go spend money on Olympic lifting shoes, you should probably just give the money back and go get a movement assessment or something like that. Like <laughs> if you need lifting shoes. Um, but then, uh, as I've kind of, I've, I, as I've matured, I think, uh, my brain has gone from a all clinical perspective to more just, I think life and, and things like that. And, and I found a direct correlation to the amount that I'm learning and consuming and studying to like the amount of thoughts that come come to my, come to my mind. And, and honestly, 90% of the time I, I come up with them that morning. Um, I try, it's part of like my routine every morning I get up and I try to give myself some time before I kind of get going. And I just sit around and think a little bit or think about something that's happened the day before or think about like what lesson I've kind of learned, because I think if we don't take a step back and reflect on that, um, we'll just kind of things go real fast in this world. So um, it, it started out as, a, as like, as we recorded a selfish project, and with just something that I wanted to get in the habit of doing every single day, um, it gave me a chance to think and, and come up with some ideas. And, 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 and it's an interesting experiment in, in, in humans because there's some things that I write that I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then a lot of people respond to it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that seems to happen a lot. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I was kind of inspired to do. And now I'm, I'm so far in, I, I, uh, I see no point in stopping. If I do stop, then maybe I, for, I've, I've stopped learning. Have you ever forgotten a day? <sighs> so honest, I have, don't lie, don't I, no, lie. wait, so listen, <laughs> so listen, I, when I travel, I bring it, I have a, it's a white, the whiteboard, people think it's like this big whiteboard. It's literally like the size of like a square. It's like a, the size of a book. It's not big. So when I travel, I bring it with me. Um, there's been times where I like get on a flight and I'll be like, Oh shit, did I forget it? And I like check my bag. It's like, do I have my wallet and do I have my whiteboard? It's, <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Um, the last week though, I don't remember what we were doing. It was a weekend and my fiance and I were, were out and it was like four in the afternoon and it was, this is the first time it ever happened. I was like, Oh shit, I forgot. And I went home and did it at like, I think I did it at night, but, um, Still counts. you got it in. you got it. In. Yeah. I got it in that day. There has been times where luckily there's been someone in the house but like it's only two or three times, I'll be honest, where like you'll see it in like really neat handwriting. That means that I wasn't home and forgot to do it. And like my fiance will write it in like girl handwriting, which you're like, this doesn't look like your handwriting. Yeah. It's like, cause it's not, but I still come up with all the, all the ideas. So. Well, it seems like it's an awesome exercise. One to just document like your, your evolution, your growth as an individual, like you're saying, you started straight clinical and now they, they very much are applicable to a lot of different things, whether it be life, work, personal, whatever. I mean, they're, 
it, that just that evolution process is now documented and it's got to be awesome. Hopefully you look back and see what you've been doing and, and how it's changed. Yeah. Um, as well I can as give just, you, sorry. I didn't oh, no worries. No, you go. I was going to say, I was going to give you an exclusive preview of one that I have for tomorrow already. I, I mean, I just pulled the audio, so this is technically bad radio, but I, I'll take, I'll take a gander. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be like, you weren't lucky, something along those lines. It wasn't luck. Cause you hear everyone all the time. I was talking to one of my friends who he was in chiropractic when he graduated. He opened up a practice, didn't go so well. And then he found a better position in, in a different state. He picked up and he moved and, and now he's doing awesome. And he goes, yeah, I've been really lucky. And I was like, no, 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 you haven't. You haven't been really lucky. I was like, you took you balls. You got, you got shit on your first practice. Didn't work. You picked up and moved to a state that you didn't know anybody. You found a new job and now you're thriving and you could have, you know, went in the hole and been one of the statistics of people that are no longer in practice, but you figured it out and you're, you're not lucky. Like not a lot of people would have done that. Yeah. So that was the genesis of, of, of the one that's coming out tomorrow. That's awesome. I thought I was going to see the actual whiteboard. So anyone who's listening, he did not pull out the little whiteboard. No, I don't have it on me right now. Just bait and switched. Um, yes. Well, the second thing I was going to say is just that, like talk about a great exercise to do every day as far as like comprehending something and, and just kind of getting your mind right. You know, like I feel like that just kind of sparks a higher level of understanding that I really think is just rare and especially in, in the realm that we live in in fitness and rehab and, you know, where people are so ego driven that when you can actually think about something on a multi, you know, a deeper level or a multifaceted level, like that's, that's, a, that's impressive, man. And, and it's something that it blows my mind how like 950, whatever days in a row, like you're able to sit and think, and it's not just a quote because you always have an explanation about why or what it is. Then I think that's what for me makes it so impressive is it's like, like, yeah, it's not just like, sometimes you're not lucky. Like there's an actual like story and reasoning and rationale behind each and every one. It's, it's just, it's awesome. And, um, I started seeing them on my Instagram page and I was like, all right, all right. And then like, for whatever reason, I, I missed like a couple of days, they weren't showing up and I was like, all right, I guess I gotta, I gotta follow this now. It's just like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, there's so many lessons around us every day and it's like, do we choose to see them and, and utilize them in, in our own you know, day to day, it's, it's, it's really a choice. And I think, you know, to the point of the thought exercise, the thing I'm, the people that I'm most impressed with, the biggest thing that I've observed with them is that they just seem to think different. And that's, that's the best way I can describe it. Like the people, yeah. like, like I work with like a business coach and every time I listen to him speak, he just like thinks things differently. And I finish him like, I totally thought the opposite of what you just told me. And now I get it. Um, and so that's, you know, whether it's marketing or it's, or it's like in our fitness or, or industry or anything like that, you just, I always just take a step back and like that he just thinks differently than the rest of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey doc, um, as we wrap up here, where can people find out more about you? Um, like where, I know you got, you said you got a business drive to move, I dropped the yeah. IG handle, like where are people going to be looking to buy the book? Like where, do you know where that stuff's going to be yet? I believe the book will be on Amazon. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a rookie at this. So I think you can get it on Amazon. Um, and if you can't and you really want it, just shoot me a message at Justin Rabinowitz, which you'll have in the show notes is my Instagram. Um, and I also have a business Instagram for my practice at strive, the number two move um, and strive to move.com and you know, all the Facebooks and all that jazz. But I'm it's basically, you'll find me in one of two places everywhere, Justin Rabinowitz or strive to move. 
and I generally handle most of that. So uh, if you need me, I'm there. That's awesome. And hopefully uh, people who are listening at this point, you already heard the introduction, which will have all that information as well. Um, Dr. Rabinowitz, this was awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. You're doing a good job, my friend. Keep going. And I, uh, are you going to be in New York City for um, the Strength Action Seminar this spring? Todd, Todd, yeah, is it July? I don't even know. I'm June. hoping June. Yeah, I'm hoping to get there. I uh, I actually called Todd today and he picked up. He's like, I don't have time to talk to you. And I was like, all right, then you should hang up. And then he didn't hang up. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when I when I get there. That's like the most Todd Bumgarner thing ever. I don't have time to talk to you, but yeah, answer the phone either way. Yeah, and then he um, spent the next 10 minutes with me on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hopefully, uh, I will bump into you there. Um, yeah, for sure. And your wife will be there like a saint in the back. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe I, we have some friends, so she might actually be there. Well, I'll be disappointed if I don't see her in the back, like <laughs> reading a book for 16 hours, listening, listening to Todd and Chris. Oh man. She, she had a good time. She hears everyone on Thursday nights and during the Q and A's and it's fun. She always says she gets to put the face to the name. So like I said, she's a total saint. I picked a good one. You did. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely.